Welcome back to another episode of the Roblob Podcast, the first one of 2023. Along with Andy and Cap, I'm Coop. Today we have Adam Baum who will be joining us. And today we will talk about Roman numerals, ear, nose, throat doctors, and due to a recent review, we will not be openly talking about masturbation. Stay tuned. get to Adam Baum here in a little bit but boys I mean we have a podcast now that covers the number 18 team in the country in the AP poll at first I foolishly thought legendary running back Adrian Peterson was really ranking 25 basketball teams in a row and then I'm like wait our very own Andy Piccarillo is making this poll and it's the our favorite team. He put them 18th. That is the next level of professionalism, taking away all the bias. Could have put us one. I'd have put us one. But he was reasonable. Put us at 18. I mean, I've I've been kind of trashing the AP poll for two years, saying it's like irrelevant, doesn't really mean mean anything. But that's all been like just a disguise. When yeah. Coop, you finally put it together. You caught me. You caught me red-handed. I, I'll never forget how red my face got when Coop finally called me out on it. Like you've been making this all these years, like even back in the '60s when I was not even born. I was making this poll, and I'm here to f- officially announce it is relevant. It is actually the Bible. It is exactly how college basketball teams should be looked at based on the number that I put in, put next to their name. Well said. Correct. I mean, my I, biggest gripe. So you said you would put Xavier one. I'm putting UConn one because how good that loss was to Xavier. That was an amazing loss. They was that the ball. most quality? Was that the most quality loss of the year by any team? I don't think far. that a team had a better loss than that loss. Great loss. Immaculate loss. Put Xavier at two because our win wasn't as good as their loss. No, no, because I mean we <laughs> won at home. They lost on the road. <laughs> exactly. They had a fucking yeah. fantastic loss. on a holiday too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to factor that in. AP, are you taking notes? I've been taking notes for 25 years. Good good man. I'd like to see those. So are you in charge of the dance team rankings too? Well, yeah, like, how do you think how do you think that our PA announcer, not our AP announcer, our PA announcer knows mm. that they're, that they're nationally ranked? I tell him every single day. Wow. <laughs> huh. I love it here. I love it here. So I like that. Five- Vibes are way, way up, dangerously up, flying close to the sun right now, fellas. Like Any time, like, like, it's a good day. Not only did we beat the number two Ken Palm team in the country, we uh, – it's just a massive win, win at home. The ele- the electricity in that entire environment was up. Honestly, I saw um, some Providence fan tweet out that UConn got really lucky that they play uh, – that they play Xavier and Providence with the students gone 
like Cintas was not going to be an electric environment anyway. And oh, that place no. was fucking bumping. I mean, you got, uh, we got, it, it's vibrant. You got sound cutting out on people's videos because they can't handle the amount of volume. You got Dan Hurley getting teed up. You got Dan Hurley running out into section 112 to yell about a foul. I swear that that dude was in the stands and just <laughs> screaming at the refs. But not, but not on the court playing defense though. No, he was not. So he was not like, so he's a screamer, not a defender. Gotta take some notes, man. And and playing defense, that's respectable. But you know, sometimes I like to imagine like very animated coaches doing literally any other job in America, like Dan Hurley getting worked up as a bank teller. Like, what's he do? Does he like hop over the desk and like slam a pencil down and be like, just sign this form for the cashier's (laughs) check? That's all you have to do. <laughs> you're a fucking clown. Like <laughs> the perception. Uh, you're a fucking clown. Yeah. yeah. Or like Sean Miller. Like, it doesn't Barbara get high a, pit, Like, if he, if he was a history teacher. And yeah. Like, like, can you imagine yeah. like Sean Miller working at Chick fil A? <laughs> Andy, yeah. I don't even think what you just said is going to be picked up on the podcast because it barely came through my headphones. Run it, run it back, run it back. <laughs> he said nothing. Sean Miller can't My say my pleasure is very, very high pitched. Oh. They would never hire Sean Miller at Chick Fil A. He cannot say my pleasure. There's no way. Don't make <laughs> fucked up orders. They don't. They don't. But boys, we've had hell of a podcast tonight. We got the goat on, and it's been a while since we've had Adam Bow on, and it felt felt good to have him back. And I feel like he has a really good inside look on what's going on. So I think it's going to be one hell of a pod. And I think, you know, we all know this. Whenever we get like a, a big J around here on this podcast, good for the listeners. It's a nice little mental break. You said a big J? Yeah, big J journalist. Oh, okay, okay. A, a Frischner, a Rick, an Adam, a Fanta, big J. No Marcus. That's what she calls me. Big C, actually, I guess. <laughs> Big C. <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you see what my girl said today? She's like, "Man, I wish you had the stamina of those Yukon guys in the freaking spaces. Those guys are ridiculous, dude. You can't get them to shut up." I remember Andy. Remember the one that we had? That one guy just went for like thirty minutes. Oh my yeah. So we we had that we hosted the space, and he it was like it was like a pleasant conversation. He's good. We, yeah. But the dude straight up talked for like thirty straight minutes. No breaths. And there was there's a couple guys that like requested to speak and we let him in and all the did was and we even had we had the man himself. We had a Bradley Colbert signing a sighting. Like he popped in and all he heard was about was this dude talk about Jim Calhoun. Hey, good job. Oh, wow. I just like huh. to think about their spaces. They probably go for about six hours and I bet like three people talk. And is it so? Was he literally talking like uninterrupted, like run on yes. sentences to himself? Yes. For 30 dude. minutes with you trying to get some words in? Monologue. We didn't even try. At a certain point, you just stopped trying. Right. Like, no okay, break. this is this is your space. Like, just have it. You know, when you're having a conversation like we have on here, and there's enough of a break where the, the person essentially telling you, hey, your turn to speak, you know, whatever. None of that. None. Is this the space you fell asleep on? Yes. No. <laughs> I was I was dangerously close, but it wasn't that one. Oh no, no, it was the, yeah, that was the uh, after game one, wasn't it? 
I was asleep no. for what, like three hours, four hours in that space? I've no I just wish my phone was on the charger so it would have stayed on the entire time. My favorite my favorite part about that was like so I fell asleep for like an hour or so. Then I popped back into the space and you're just snoring, but there were four or five people <laughs> sitting there listening. <laughs> That's incredible. Hey, that's some electric snoring action. I it's mean, like, it's calming, man. It, it's it's chill. They probably they're probably doing the same thing, and my I I, I like oh, to think they're doing the same thing. One of my favorite parts about it is like so before you knocked out because like we, we we still we still had a few people talking in there, but like when I was getting ready to go to bed, and so like I was I I was getting ready to leave, but like you had not given anybody else hosting abilities so nobody could accept speakers so anybody who wanted to talk could not because you just knocked the fuck out <laughs> we're all just stranded there hey i was faded and fading brother i was gone <laughs> and luckily i've learned from my mistakes i uh, i cashed out the last two spaces before it got to that point so hey we're we're growing or you just set an alarm there's also that. You know who else is growing Xavier basketball? Anything else we got before we get this Adam Baum interview? I mean, we just saw, like, like we talked about before, we just saw one of the uh, biggest, like, biggest wins we've seen in, well, definitely the loudest environment I've ever been in, been in, and one of the biggest wins we've seen since top five Villanova got knocked off in the Centos. Yeah, I was there. That's dope. Fuck yeah! Did you not see my tweet that I'm an official UConn game ticket holder? I can't keep up with man. Come on, on. <laughs> look at my tweets, bro. They're funny. <laughs> You're openly talking about masturbation. Yeah. Gross. But it was like that that game was absolutely incredible. But I think we we talked about uh, some some heroes from with Adam Bomb. But one guy that did not get a shout out is the IV dealer. Xavier's yeah. official IV dealer saved the day. Unspoken hero, unsung. Someone who only knows Roman numerals would be like their four dealer. <laughs> I, for one, like Roman numerals. You got some on yeah. your arm. I do. I have a lot of them. I have a bunch of them. It makes some words because it it actually says uh, "V of Lixi." Is like it looks like a date, but it says. V of Lixie. I just think it sounds cool. I do too. The hatred or? Uh, not the. No, 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 no. What did we do? Okay, so here comes Adam Baum to save the day right after an airplane noise. That was, not Andy. Yeah, that was not Andy. Can't confirm. What is up, everyone? We are back in the building. We've got our favorite recurring guest, Adam Baum, in the building. Adam, how are we? Never better, guys. You know, we're into January. I just booked all my travel for the month. I'm excited. You know, this is going to be a huge month for Xavier basketball, so I'm ready to go. So, Xavier fans, just go ahead, light a candle, sit back, we're going to do a three-hour retrospective on the season that's been so far for Jerome Hunter. If we can think of a few general Xavier basketball talks, we'll get into that. What do you What do you say, fellas? 
I'm locked got and loaded. Four hours. <laughs> Gotta get the yeah, now. I don't think three is enough. That's that is uh, Jerome Hunter slander. So I appreciate you keeping me in check. I got you. So it's a good time to be uh, to be in the position that we're in. And I was thinking about you, honestly. We won, and obviously, you know, I talked a lot of shit on Twitter. That's what I do. But one of my first thoughts was, man, I'm happy for Adam today because that had to be fun. And uh, it felt to me like Xavier basketball is back. And and you know as well as anyone, it's been kind of a toxic four years, been rough. And this was just a fun, liberating day to me. Uh, what was your emotion uh, from where you stand uh, after that concluded? Yeah, I would I would agree with, with everything you just said. Um, it was a fun environment. It was cool to see them win a big game like that, that realistically, I don't, I don't know that people were necessarily counting them out. I don't know how many people honestly gave them a real shot of beating UConn. And um, I don't know. It's just like the vibe this year feels so much different already to this point in the season, which is uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to follow it. It's been fun to watch them you know, start 4-0 and in the Big East, which the Big East has really been the downfall of Xavier the last few years. And I know they got 16 left, but the way they're moving right now, like I have full it's, – it's weird. It's like I didn't think that they'd be this far along already with a new coach and a new point guard and things like that. But I have like this unwavering confidence that Sean Miller's going to get them better than they are right now. Like it's really weird. We feel the same way. The confidence is ridiculous. I think it spoke the most volumes. Like in the UC game, it was tied up at 77, and it's anyone's game, and I'm still like, oh, we're going to win. Like, why would I even feel that way? It's just he gives you just a sense of confidence. Probably because he coughed, right? It was, I mean, yeah. Coughed, it's like, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. definitely happening. It's fine. I think I, I think I literally tweeted that. It was like two minutes left. It was a really tight game, and you see the shot cough. I'm like, okay, we can rest easy. It's a matter of how much at this point. Yeah. I have a nugget for you about that cough. Um, This is so, you know, this is my first year with Sean Miller. I didn't really know much about him prior to this year. And apparently this cough has been a thing, like, from even his first time at Xavier. Like, it's been a thing. And uh, they did the all-access game at St. John's. And I guess Xavier's athletic trainer had, like, doctors texting him, like, is Sean okay? Like, he should get this cough checked out. And the athletic trainer was like, he's had this cough since the day he started coaching college basketball. Like, <laughs> it's just – it's it's a, it's a part of who he is. Like, he does it in practice, too. It's uncanny. Like It's, it's like know, a he, reflex. Yeah. It's all – it's – you know, I know he, he makes some weird noises with his voice and stuff, so I'm sure that that – it all plays a role, but – um, it was hilarious, like seeing some of the reactions from people on Twitter during the all access game. Like this one lady kept tweeting, like he needs to go see an ear, nose and throat doctor. And I was like, <laughs> I need John Miller. Ain't no I mean, if he goes to a doctor and they offer him a shot, what's he going to say? Don't, Don't take, take fucked, fucked up, up shots. Up. Yeah, it better not be <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I knew you were going somewhere with that, Coop. Got to. And here's what I love, Adam. You know where you are. This isn't the rebound rundown. Paul would never cover this right now. Paul's not breaking down a Sean cough at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. You know exactly where you are, and that's what I appreciate about you. This is what I signed up for. Saving the good stuff for the fellas. (laughs) Paul didn't even – and here I am. I love Paul Frisch. This is clearly a joke. Paul didn't even know about the cough until about a week ago. I heard him 
live on the Musketeer Report podcast, be like, wait, Sean has a cough thing? Like, wake up, Paul. Oh, get it together, man. Let's get it we, together. I will, I will personally revoke your season credential for not knowing about Sean's cough. He needs to be prescribed, I think, four Clementines a day until he gets it together. He does. He does. And I will force feed them to him if, if I need to. <laughs> I would I would pay to see that. And uh, so I'm actually <laughs> going to get into this cough. It, it has to be, right? He's just clean because I want to hear next what your favorite Seanism was from that uh, from that broadcast. I know mine. I think it, it might be the consensus. But he's got to be clear in his throat, right? Because he's just always just screaming and yelling and shit. That's got to be what it is. Yeah, and he like I'm sure you remember it from the All Access. He makes this. I'm not even going to try to imitate it, but he makes like this uh, this whoop, this uh, this high pitched sound sometimes during games, and I think that's honestly what gets him. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. He does it in practice too. It's like it's almost like his trademark. That followed by the call. I like uh, to envision I, him getting reps in his office doing those. I don't even know who just he, like he gets voice that high. Oh. Des, Andy, Andy, you got a Des for us? Des. <laughs> Finish. Come on, man. Well played. Yeah, that was just incredible. Did anything that Sean did in that game surprise you from being around him in practice? Or was it just Sean? Um, it was pretty I, – I think – Here's the weird thing is I know that he was cognizant of it because I talked to him right before the game and he was kind of like, man, I can't believe I agreed to this. Um, <laughs> I felt the same way. <laughs> and the one thing that I found interesting was we were talking about it and we had a conversation and I was like, I remember when Travis did the all access game, they were at Creighton. I'm sure you guys remember this, but Creighton was doing this thing and Xavier fans were freaking out because Travis was calling out a play and then Greg McDermott was repeating it to one of his assistant coaches to like write it down and be like, okay, this is the call out. This is what they're running. It's obviously they're going to use that when they break down the film so that they can prepare for him when they see him again. And we were talking about that. And then of course, when I walk, when I watch back the all access, Sean went ahead and they put the the plays in the waistband and they were calling out numbers instead of the the names <laughs> of the plays. So he he was like, "I'm not letting anybody get my call outs," which I found I found interesting. That good man. If uh, if he wanted a normal game is a ten. Decided on that, but sorry. It's let's so let's say how much do you think Sean toned it down for that game from your perspective? Like toned down. I think the, he did. The MS. Yeah, I think he definitely did. Um, you know, it's hard. It, it's hard. I'm guessing that he also had people reminding him during the game, like, "Hey, you're mic'd up," right? <laughs> <laughs> which, which was probably in his head the whole time. But I would say, if if a normal game without a mic is a ten, he was probably closer to like a seven. I would say. Okay, that that sounds about right. He did a pretty good job though of keeping it intense though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I thought it was fascinating to see, like, to get some insight into what he's looking at, how he sees a game, what he thinks is important. Yeah. And then also, like, the way how he's talking to his team during timeouts and things like that, like, that stuff to me is fascinating. That's stuff that you never get to see when you're just sitting up in the stands or watching only on TV. Um I was really enamored at their huddles during like media timeouts and how they were almost like a conversation 
And then I know you brought this up already. I know you, your guys' uh, favorite moment is going to be the, the don't take fucked up shots. <laughs> um, I thought I thought um, that was obviously the best one. But if I had to pick one that's not that, it would be the one huddle when Kunkel kept talking and Sean was like, Adam, you got to you got shut up and let me go, man. <laughs> I was like, that's so perfect. <laughs> That's like exactly what you're looking for when you get when you do an all access broadcast is moments like that. Yeah. Just super candid. Oh, I uh, let that. Sean cook. <laughs> exactly. Let, let Sean him, cough. Let him cook. Yeah, that was beautiful. Uh let's go ahead and jump into the Yukon game because uh, pretty big game. Uh it, you know, kinda. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was all right. That's a fun. So do you agree fun. that this was the loudest, most intense? Centos that you have seen since you've been covering it? Look, realistically, I think everyone has a tendency to be very reactionary and prisoners of the moment. Um, was it cer- It was certainly up there. But, like, I think back to the year that they hosted the shootout and Najee had, like, 30, went for 31. Like, it was crazy loud in there for that game. Yeah. Um, Shootouts are different. Yeah, but – but the that UConn game was like considering that the students were on winter break and and kind of all the factors that went into it. Yeah, it was like if not the loudest, it was like right. There. We're talking we're talking one A one B. Like it, it was in the running for the last five years that I've been there, and I haven't missed a home game. It had elite game years, feel, so. man. It had it had yeah. elite game feel. You could feel it. Felt good. Sure. Is, there a, is there one performance, one, you know, player, one, anything that sticks out immediately to you now that we've had a couple of days on back? It? I mean, Jerome, Jerome was emphatic. Like what he gave Xavier off the bench in that game was special. Like, I don't think that they win that game if he doesn't play the way that he played. Um, Fremantle, like I, I probably need to write a story at some point here about the way that he's playing. Cause he's been <laughs> so consistent and his defense against UConn I thought was really like a step in the right direction for him something that we haven't seen like he was making steals and he wasn't getting beat off the dribble um he had to match up with Sonogo a few times too and I thought like he did, he held his ground pretty well against the dude that could legitimately play defensive end in the NFL um I do want to give a shout out to a guy who really didn't get a ton of like people talking about him after that game but when I watched it back dude I don't know how many miles he ran but Adam Kunkel chasing Jordan Hawkins all over the floor was like and yeah he fouled him a couple times on three pointers and and things like that but like his effort defensively to stay with Jordan Hawkins I think Jordan Hawkins only finished with like 11 points so he held him under his season average, and he was like the primary guy defending him the whole game. That kind of effort on the defensive end is, I think, it, it's it's so noticeable when you see it for a team that has struggled defensively. And I thought Adam Kunkel did a really good job, especially from someone like I mean, Adam Kunkel's clear role is to shoot the ball and and yep. be offensive firepower. And he was not shooting the ball at all. Uh, he was not shooting the ball no. well at all on Saturday. And so him to make such a big impact on the other end, like it's it kind of shows his mental toughness and his and his senior senior leadership out there. Hey, not my day. My shots are fucked up, and but he's still gonna make winning plays and lead lead us to the promised land. 
Absolutely. Andy, did you move? Uh, I, mo- I moved my office. Okay. Yes. So, I, you know, it's so weird to see you without the trucks behind you, but we're working on it. it. It's quite a shock. It'd be like seeing Adam without a beard. It would be like, <laughs> you'd be like no, no, that's not him. Because at first, it's like, we start doing these podcasts and there's no dump trucks. It's like, all right, real funny. Like, all right, yeah. let's, let's get Andy yeah. on here. <laughs> now, you guys going to be in a real shock when I, in a few months when I actually move. Well, you would have the same wallpaper put up, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I have to. It's part of the okay. brand now. Right. He has no is. choice. I'll, I'll be, I'll be. In 20 years, I'll be looking at a multi-million dollar mansion as a as a famous podcaster. And guys. like, guys, I can't take this one. I can't live at this spot in Indian Hill because no dump truck wallpaper. Coop, when Andy asks us if we can help him move, he's going to be like bringing in like TVs and couches and shit. And we'll just be putting up the wallpaper. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you guys. He's moving all the heavy shit. We're just getting all the wallpaper. <laughs> that's a fair trade. The guy who just Absolutely. Had shoulder surgery like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, while we're talking about some bullshit, Adam, I was thinking this today, man. Whenever, if there ever is a time, and I hope it never comes, fingers crossed, where y- your current seat is filled by someone else, hopefully it's not. It will never feel the same. You really, really are in the thick of it, man. You went to Regent Avenue with the boys. I did. And what, I'll be what back. was that experience like? And has, has your mind been the same since? Are you kind of like on a Bill Walton, uh, you know, mind, was, mind space? Uh, it was a transformative experience. Um, <laughs> those guys, Ian, Big Ian, invited me over. And um, I think it was – I'm pretty sure it was, like, the day I got home from Georgetown, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, the day I got home from Georgetown, I wasn't doing anything. Went over there. I got to meet uh, Big John. There was some fireball. Oh. Fireball um, sack. Yeah. That's so what they call it, it yeah. Fun. It was fun. Those are good dudes. Um, yeah, and I'm sure I'll be back at some point. But that's like, you know, that's the cool thing that this job has given me. It's just like it's connected me with people that I otherwise would have never gotten to meet, never gotten to develop relationships with. And now it's like, you know, it's a it's an unintended byproduct of of getting to do this job that I think is a rewarding thing, you know? It, it, it no just kind of shows everybody that, only good can come from meeting strangers on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a few stories in the other direction there, Andy, but all right. Uh, but here's, for the people at home, too, it's like, Adam, you've got to be the most genuine dude. Like, because it's always easy just to think, like, okay, like, we benefit the beat writer in some way. You know, we get, your, you know, we get them retweets, whatever. You come to Stones that one time. And uh, I'm like, oh, sweet. Adam's coming to hang out. This is fucking sick. Like, we're just a bunch of jabronis. And like, you know, you know, that's not something you have to do. And Adam comes and he crushes probably, you know, 12. I mean, he, you get yeah. two buckets and he goes for bucket three and I'm a hammer <laughs> drunk. We've been there for like six hours. Just we shut the place down. And I'm like, this is a homie right here. And you didn't, even if you came for an hour, great. That's amazing. Um, but you're no, like, I, a I, got, I got out of there. I got out of there and I believe at Dana's later that night. So you guys have uh, another gear that. Maybe I don't have. Oh, you shut me down, bro. I'm, I'm definitely not taking you on, bro. No question. <laughs> was it that after am, uh, NIT? NIT game? Yeah. After, that the, after the Florida, game, the Florida yeah. game, yeah. I'm pretty sure I drank okay. for like 13 straight hours. 
Oh, yeah. Man, I'm pretty sure yeah, you guys are all jacked up. After the game, I went to see my family in Dayton area, had dinner with them, visited, came back to my house, and Ahmad was texting me that you guys were still out. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? They came in like eight hours ago. <laughs> like, it's the national. Well, there, there's, yeah, come on. Um, there's a little bit more like context in play there because if you remember, that was a Sunday. Okay. It was, yeah. And Travis got. Travis got fired earlier that week and Sean got hired on Saturday the day before. So that was like realistically maybe one of the more stressful weeks of work that I think I've ever had. Yeah. And Cap texted me and he was like, hey, you want to go get a few beers and watch the NCAA tournament? And I was like, I need to I need to unwind a little bit and take a load off. So it was it was good to catch up with you guys and hang out. <laughs> You're you're the fucking man. And Coop, it's Catalina Wine Mixer. It's a national invitational tournament. That, I mean, that's on. true. Yep. Do you yeah. know that video that everyone circles around of the Timberwolves making the playoffs and they're acting like they've just, you know, won their sixth straight title or whatever? That was literally right. us when that ball went in at Stones. Oh, so so much fun. I never thought that was gonna turn into that. That was so much fun. So let's jump back into UConn here. So you brought it up, yeah. and I have to reiterate this. Zach Fremantle is playing legit all Big East level basketball. And I said this about the Xavier basketball program. I don't know if any program in America's stock has risen more in the last year than Xavier basketballs. I don't know if one single player uh, in the Big East, you know, overall production has increased more in the last year. Xavier fans were ready to get Fremantle the hell out of town last year. They were over him. You know, he was just one of the targets on Twitter. Uh, God, he's playing good ball. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I think you're seeing – like a healthy Zach Fremantle. I think last year, the fact that he had the foot injury leading into the year really kind of disrupted him and made it hard for him to get into any kind of a rhythm all year. He's healthy. And, you know, he's, Zach had a really revealing quote earlier in the year. I think it was like, it might've been after their exhibition game or something. And he was talking about like, you know, I've never been past the first round in the Big East tournament. I've never been to the NCAA tournament. And I think you're seeing a guy play basketball right now like like he wants to right those wrongs. Like he doesn't want to go out with another disappointing season to end his Xavier career. And you mentioned Zach's playing like a first-team All-Big East guy, okay? I couldn't agree more. But if you look past that, dude, you could realistically make arguments that Xavier has – Four guys who look like first-team All-Big East guys. Sule Boom, Zach Fremantle, Colby Jones, and Jack Nungie, which yep. is just kind of remarkable that they have four guys playing at a high level like that. And then you sprinkle in a guy like Adam Kunkel. Well, Jerome and then conference Hunter, MVP, Jerome Hunter. Yeah. I mean, Jerome Hunter, like – Conference sixth MVP. Man yeah. award, sixth man award, easy right now. Well, he's going to win National Player of the Year, I thought. Yeah, he's in the conversation. I've talked to a lot of national guys. They about are this man. He's definitely the frontrunner for the Blobsmith Award. <laughs> Ooh, I like he that. His jersey retired on senior night. And do they do it at halftime? Well, I before? found this out last night. <laughs> I found this out last night. Um, I was listening, or I listened to uh, Rick and Paul did a spaces. And I was unaware of this. This is one of the things that I had to, to check on. And Rick clarified, like, Jerome has another year of eligibility next year. 
It could be Jerome. Jerome's not done, dude. Fuck me up. Yeah, it could be. Oh, so can we real talk? I feel like everyone. I feel like no one knows eligibility. Would you mind letting us know who has eligibility next year? Because in my mind, this team's going to be gutted going into next season. Yeah, I'll run it down for you because it is very complicated. So no one knows. There's only there's only two guys on the roster right now who this is absolutely their last year. No eligibility left. That's Kunkel and Sule. So Kunkel and, Kunkel and Sule are done for sure. Jack Nunji technically has one year of eligibility. A family. So if he has a whole so that family. would be his seventh year. Yeah, wow. that would be his seventh year in college basketball if he came back. He's going to have his got... third wedding anniversary at, at the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got Fremantle has a COVID year if he wants it, so he could come back next year. Kiki Tandy has two years of eligibility left after this year. So he has a COVID year, and then he also got hurt last year. So he has a red shirt year. Yeah. Cesar, Cesar was the year after. So Cesar's a sophomore. So Cesar would have two more years. He doesn't get a COVID year. Deontay would have. Deontay started as a red shirt, and then he had COVID. So Deontay would have three years of eligibility. Deontay is going to be thirty years old when he leaves. (laughs) (laughs) And you got Colby. Colby's a junior. And he was a freshman during COVID, so that year doesn't count. So, technically, he's only a sophomore. So, Colby could have two more years after this year if he wanted them. Jerome has one year left. Elijah Tucker has three years left after this year. God. And then, and then you got the two true freshmen, Dez and uh, McCann. So, well, how, I many mean, does, how many does Brad like, Colbert I don't have? Think <laughs> that's a great question that's a great question i'm not i'll have to check on that for have you, you heard if samari um, curtis is going to transfer back to xavier god what a what a whirlwind that would be <laughs> that would be that would be a Dude. true full circle situation he's a smart guy though like if i'm gonna get scholarships to go to colleges anywhere in the country why not just do the world tour you know <laughs> try out every campus you know? why go <laughs> anywhere when he can go everywhere yeah You talk about Xavier's potential roster next year, and I think a huge thing that's going to play into it is the way the rest of this season goes. You know, if somehow these guys fool around and win the Big East and and go on some sort of a miraculous run in the NCAA tournament, like I have to imagine that Jack Nungy's going to want to go out on a high note, that Zach Fremantle's going to say, hey, you know what? I did what I set out to do. I don't need to try to do that again. But who knows? Like, it's purely speculation at this point. But the reality of the situation is that you could have you could have six or seven available scholarships after the season for Xavier, which is you really good. It could. It's going to be wild to see what this roster looks like. Um, what Adam, I think, just told me is we're officially starting the tank for 2023. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that ship has sailed. You guys, you, guys <laughs> you are, can't uh, tank that. That thing's gone. You guys are pursuing something now. Yeah, we're there so, now, man. So we're buyers at the deadline. Buyers, you guys are buyers. There will be no sell. 
It's a hard launch at this point. It's a hard launch. What do you think this meant for the program, the player's psyche? I mean, now you – Your Twitter mentions. Your Twitter mentions. Twitter it's probably mentions. a much more, more positive time for you. You're pretty much oh, a, yeah. a top 15 team in the country at this point. Um, really, I mean, it couldn't have gone much, much better other than, you know, maybe the ball bounces the right way against Indiana. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, the, I think the biggest thing that you have to, like, take away from this is that, like, people can't ignore Xavier now. Um, the win over UConn, I know Providence and UConn are in a battle right now. I'm not sure what the score is. Providence is up about 10 with about six, seven minutes. It's not looking good for UConn okay. at all. Those damn Catholic refs. Xavier <laughs> broke UConn? Question mark? They didn't practice in skates, you guys. That's on them. Bad coach. That is on them. Yeah. yeah. Just let me know when the roof starts leaking. No, um, <laughs> but honestly, like, stop. if Providence can beat UConn, it's not the end of the world in terms of, like, the, the win over UConn is still going to look good at the end of the season, even if, like, Providence beats them tonight or they or they slip up again or another time. The, the good thing is if Providence can hold on and beat UConn, Providence's net ranking is going to jump, and yep. they're going to basically they're going to be a quad one road opportunity when you go there later in the year, unless you know something drastic happens. So that's why the Big East is so interesting. Is that you know you want as many teams as possible to be above top seventy five in the net, so that when you go to their place, it's a quad one opportunity. But to get back to to what we were talking about with Xavier, is that like. You can't ignore Xavier at this point. You look at their resume, you look at who they've beaten, you look at who they've lost to, you look at how they lost those games. You know, you had a game-winning shot to try to beat Indiana. You lose to Duke in a in a close game. You lose to Gonzaga when you had a seven-point lead late in the game. Like, there's there's no holes in Xavier's resume. And I just think I – I was not expecting this to be sitting here on January 4th and talking to you guys about a team that – you know, if if Xavier wins at UConn, or I'm sorry, if Xavier wins at Villanova on Saturday, oh, like we're talking oh. about a team that's five and zero in the Big East, and you won eight Big East games all last year. Like, think about that. God, you, that's insane. And you mentioned eight you mentioned kind of the you kind of you mentioned the fan base last year uh, versus this year, and like the whole vibe around the program from top to bottom to fan base to Twitter mentions. Um, Last year, I mean, we came off, we're coming off a win against Ohio State in the Gavit games, and we start off eleven and two. And all anybody's talking about is just wait till the wait till the wheels fall off. Wait, they'll disappoint us. Yeah. Then, then we have a stretch where we lose to uh, Indiana, Gonzaga, and Duke. I mean, we're, we have three losses in four or five games, and everybody's just like, you know, what? Sean, I'll get it right. It's we're going to be a tournament team. Those are quality losses. We're everything. <laughs> everything's going to be good. Love a good quality loss. <laughs> Total You're quality loss. Right there, <laughs> Better than good wins, quality loss. There's, no, there's been no panic button from the fan base this year, which is so different from the last few years. Um, you know, it was really like last year, you know, Xavier beat UC in the shootout. And then the rest of the way, I mean – Part of me, like, I don't want to go back and look at it, but I would love to go back and look at oh. my Twitter my Twitter mentions. Dude. Like, from from the first half at Creighton, when they were down, like, 17, oh my the, the 
the end of the Butler game, the Seton Hall game at home, the St. John's game at home, and just see like you you're going to get a snapshot of a period of time of people absolutely losing their minds. <laughs> like full and far... full adults just losing it on the internet. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, and it just absurd. was what it was. And I remember we talked about this when we were, you know, we were at Stones, and this was just the way it was. I don't, I'm not taking any shots at Travis Seal. It's just the state of what the fan base was was just toxic. It just was. And it, we just felt, once Sean got hired, we just felt such a release of just like, we can finally let go of all that energy. Like, that's gone. You know what I mean? It just felt really relieving and good. I know we all just kind of felt like a weight. Even me, man. Like, and I just run a fucking stupid ass burner account, and I could tweet like, you know, what up, like, just took six shots, took six fucked up shots this morning, and people like, fuck <laughs> you, Travis sucks. I'm like, dude, I like, <laughs> I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> like, like, I remember dude. one time, I, I literally I literally said, <laughs> I literally said I want Skyline, and then some dude, Travis then, uh, a clown. Then, then a, some, Mike Saver responds, you and Travis Steele both suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally anything. I haven't um, seen I haven't seen a Mike Saver quote in like two years. That's how long. How time been. to be Mike Saver? Yeah, I miss yeah. it. It was entertaining, but Adam, I think like I was thinking. Obviously, we kind of have I hate to say PTSD because it's basketball, but um, from I'll like hot starts at the beginning of the year, and then everything just derailing from there on out. And obviously, players remember that, but perhaps having a new coach, even if he is familiar with the program, is kind of like he has like a, a blank canvas, so to speak, where it's like, yeah, those were different teams. Like, I'm not attached to that. That's not something that's probably on his mind all the time. It's like, yeah, like last year, Xavier was ranked at one point, And then look what happens to where like maybe Sean's not too, thinking nice. about that. But he's embraced it. He's been like, who in this building? Remember the the St. John's game? He's like, who in this who in this room has won in this building before? No one. Yeah. Now we can say that. I think it's Seton Hall. He's like, they've won here four years in a row. Like we're thinking about that, you know? Yeah. No, and that's a good point. It's something me and Fritchner talked about on his show earlier this week. Was I went up to practice on them? It's their first time practicing since they beat UConn. And the way that they ended practice was like a great snapshot into into Sean Miller and, and his style and what he wants these guys to be thinking about. And he basically talked to him about look, look how how you respond to success is success itself. Like he 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 brought up to them the fact that you guys have gotten off the great starts the last couple yeah. years. And then you've run into trouble late. And it was about it was about building something and not being satisfied with one big win. And hey, are you guys gonna let your guard down now and think that you've just got it made because you won this big game and now everyone's talking about you? Like that that's that's why I'm not as worried about this team in in terms of like maybe having some hiccups in the next weeks, in the next coming weeks, because like they're being asked to think about this, about the past, and about how a yep. season can get away from you. Um, so I think it, it's really smart by by Sean Miller to sort of have them approach it that way. I love that he's not running from that. I absolutely love that. Um, and, and here's what's crazy, too. We were kind of talking about how much the stock has risen. 
And when, when Sean got hired, I remember thinking, how much can one coach affect one season? You know what I mean? Like, I'm more excited about Sean in 2026, 2025, when he has time to build his teams. The, the job that he's done with this team is nothing less than remarkable. And one season to have – and obviously there's still a lot of season left. Nothing's finished yet. But you can just tell, though, that, you know, the makeup of this team, it's very, very impressive what he's done with this roster. Well, especially if you take into the fact that we are the 218th luckiest team in the country. So he's doing this <laughs> with, with luck off his side. The anti-Providence. <laughs> Love yeah, it. the opposite of Providence. I was just thinking, you guys, I, I'm going to go into the Miami Redhawks boards and see if I can find, like, Mike Saber 69, see if he's uh, blowing those guys he's up. Still, yeah, he's More still, than likely. still doing it. Yeah. You see Musky Pimpit over there? <laughs> Look, <laughs> Musky Pimp just looking for a home for people. Redhawks Pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to see it. Talking back about the game, we've mentioned certain players – and here was what I was thinking. I think that this guy is not getting talked about enough, and he's obviously one of our best players. But I thought this was a huge game for Colby Jones. We go up against – this was one of the matchups in my mind. I'm like, we're going up against Andre Jackson, who I think very highly of. I think he's one of the best players in the Big East, maybe the best player. Um, I know Sonogo is great, but I think that Andre Jackson impacts winning in so many ways, freak athlete, all kind of stuff. Colby held his own in that matchup held his own all game looks tough as hell all game. And I thought that could be a matchup where Andre Jackson kind of outclasses him. I thought that was an, a huge game for Colby. I think he's been incredibly consistent. what do you think about Colby's performance and kind of his confidence level? Yeah. Colby's been so rock steady and he had a rough start to this game. He had four kind of uncharacteristic early turnover. Yeah. And then it was like, he really just flipped the switch. And one of the interesting things was that they put Colby on Andre Jackson and then they told him to play off him because they wanted Andre Jackson to just shoot threes. Yeah. And it really were. I mean, he took 12 of them. I know he made four of them, but you take that. The fact that they wanted your bet, you, you wanted your best perimeter defender to play off of another guy. And the reason that you do that, is because you want Colby to be in a situation where he can help on someone else. You know, he's playing so far off Andre Jackson that if he needs to, he can go help someone else. Like his instincts and his IQ are game changers. Um, yeah, being led by a guy. And like I was that. watching. Yeah. A, yeah, I was watching a little bit of Providence um, and UConn here tonight, and Providence has this. Scott right. Hopkins, He's who's dull. really talented, and uh, and I saw someone on, yeah, I saw someone on Twitter say something to the effect of like, man, UConn needs to find someone who can guard Bryce Hopkins, and someone responded to it and they said, uh, there are there are nine other Big East teams who need to answer this question, and I, my first thought was like, Xavier's going to put Colby Jones on Bryce Hopkins, mm-hmm. and you know. Who knows what's going to happen? But, like, the fact that you you have a guy who that you can stick on another team's guy and you know he's going to compete. I mean, go back and look at the end of that Seton Hall game. That that defensive possession that Colby had against Kadari Richmond but the game on the line, it was an isolation play one-on-one. That, that might go down as being one of the best single plays that Xavier has all year in terms of, like, winning a close game, making a play in winning time. And, it, and Colby didn't touch the basketball. Like, he did it all defensively. So, 
that's the most impressive thing to me about Colby is that he can get it done at both ends of the floor. And this is a team that clearly needs a guy who can get it done at both ends of the floor. Yeah. I feel like he's really coming to his own as, as a, as a confidence on a confidence level. And then the last player, here's what I was thinking in my head. And I think I talked to my dad about this. You go into this game with an ungodly stick, Jack Nudgy, who had just the gutiest performance I've seen in quite a while from Xavier player. He played so well and he looked terrible. He looked Awful in that yeah. game. You go in with that super sick, you know, Jack Nungy. And then Sule played – he actually played really well. He's that guy – he scored 17. And I remember in that game, like, man, Sule is not shooting the ball super well. Still finished with 17. He's that guy just gets bucket. So, Sule wasn't really the Sule boom that we had seen. Then you have a very sick Jack Nungy. And you still beat the number two team in the country by 10. I was not – I was not expecting that, Cap. No. Um, I actually did – Andy Mack does a pregame show up in Duffs and Cintas Center before every home game. And I joined him on this one because Brad Redford couldn't be there. And I said something that in hindsight and retrospect made me look um, completely wrong because I was like, <laughs> if Xavier wins, if Xavier wins this game today, it's going to have to be a game where like they hit 10, 11, 12, three pointers and, yeah. and the, off- and, and all of these guys are involved. And it really wasn't that. And that, to me, was the most impressive thing about how they beat UConn was that it was unexpected in that Sule didn't have a great game. Kunkel didn't have a great game. Like a lot lot of these guys that they've come to rely on weren't necessarily factors offensively. Um, And then what you got out of Jack Nungy was just remarkable. Fremantle, can't say enough about him. Colby did his thing, and then Jerome, dude. Jerome was like a man on a mission in that game. Like, when I rewatched it, I I saw stuff on the playback that I didn't really fully appreciate watching it live. You know, checking into the game, immediately grabbed two offensive rebounds. They both led to second-chance points. And then at the end, in the last minute, when you're trying to put them away, he pulls down two of the biggest defensive rebounds of the entire game. One of them he grabbed as he was falling out of bounds and he had the wherewithal to throw it off of the UConn defender yep. so that the ball stayed the same. Like, just those are the plays that win you close games. And the fact that they came from Jerome Hunter is just it, – it boggles your mind because you if you watched him last year, you didn't think that you would get this out of him this year. Looks like a different human being. We've legitimately yeah. never seen him play with this kind of confidence. And he's he's just so confident and secure with his role and he is thriving in it. Like he's come like and every time he gets t- taken out, he's getting he got two standing ovations on Saturday and he's a uh, high fiving everybody. He's like uh, like he's talking himself up. He's getting he, you can tell there's there's just a different fire with him this year. He's getting pumped up about things that like and he's not he's not even out there hitting threes, he's not dunking over anybody. He's just making winning plays, and he's getting jacked up about it. And that makes yeah. me so happy, but that's what we want, dude. This was one reason I was so, you know, so upset for Tyreek Jones, who's just a guy who played so toughly and on the line. And we love this program, and I genuinely care about our players. Like, I want them to have a good experience. I want them to, to come in here and have their moment because they lay their freaking bodies on the line. Those kids went to war against that UConn team. That was a yeah. war. And it's like Jerome deserves this. He's And they work their butts, all the stuff. That, and we see the tip of the iceberg. We see the games. That's all we see. 
we don't see the behind the scenes off season work, the practices and like them just killing themselves. And for him to have his moment after just a gauntlet of a college experience at Xavier up until that point, makes me really, really happy for him as a kid. Young man. He's not a kid. Yeah. It's the, this is the Jerome Hunter redemption tour. I'd love to see it. Even after yeah. he had an unsuccessful groundhog day, we were wrong about that one. <laughs> that that was all we were off on that one that we were off on that one who here's what i'm doing you guys you know the drum hunter fan club on twitter yeah Big time. i've been taking stock tips from him because he created his twitter account at literally the perfect time buy low sell high i've made a killing since uh since taking stock tips from the drum drum hunter fan club really happy to make a newsletter what are, for you guys. what are we doing like penny stocks are we blue chipping it a little bit of everything a little bit of everything all right. I'm short. Blue I'm shorting. Shit. I'm yeah. I'm I'm everything. Hunter coin. Yeah. Guy knows his shit. He knows when to hop he off. No, yeah. Good dude. Anyway, throw me some please. <laughs> you, you tell me, brother. You tell me. And I got you. just hey, send out the bat signal and I'm there. You know how it is. Yep. But but it felt really good. Those were like my major individual player takeaways. And one of my biggest my team takeaways. Can I say it? If we're in the circle of trust here, defense is getting better. better. Especially crunch time when you need stops. It's up to number 81, according to Ken, Kenneth Pomeroy. <laughs> nowhere, to, nowhere to go but up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we're better at defense oh, yeah. than we are at luck. That's saying something. That's a uh, that's a big a big key category for this team. Um, is be the ability to get at that end of the floor. That's it. And that's another thing that's kind of been really illuminating to hear Sean Miller talk about in that, you know, he talks – the way he talks to them about defense is like, look, we're at, we're at 81 right now, okay? We're not going to get it down to 40 overnight, but we can take a chunk out of it and get it down to 75, and then we can get it to 69. <laughs> um, nice. And that, you know, progressive – I like to think he actually said that. We – and then we stay and then we stay exactly where we are another we, number. I was like, we don't want to go higher or lower at that point yeah exactly perfect yeah i'll tweet that out um <laughs> but yeah it's like incremental incremental improvement is what they're looking for on the defensive end and i think we're starting to see that which is promising and, and then i mean sometimes moment. like yeah, having good d will get you lucky but getting lucky doesn't always mean you have good d so very philosophical. And the hatred. Cool way of thinking about it, too. <laughs> what? Uh, well, Cap's background reminded me. I was just thinking about it. <laughs> God. Do, do your listeners even know what Cap's background is? They're aware. Uh, They're aware. For anybody who doesn't know, it's it. Fremantle getting stroked. <laughs> and, but the most perfect part about the photo is it's a photo of a photo. Um, yeah. And you can see that it's actually like a screenshot of a video because you can yeah. see the slider bar underneath it and a Twitter notification at the top of it. That's what Coop loves about it, yeah. I love the, the quality of it. Uh, now, as yeah. we're kind of – yeah, go ahead. Even though simply you can click on the photo, press the word edit, and there's you'll see like this little square thing or – Nay, and, a rectangle, and you can crop it. I know you're a 10 second man, but who has time to do that when I can just throw it on Zoom, which where I don't think anyone's ever going to see it. 
I'm just, <laughs> hey, let's, like, we're about to do a podcast. I'm driving home from work. I'm at a red light. Let's change my background real quick. That That's all that it was. I think it gives it character. I like it. Now, can I say something real quick? Providence has won the race of 69, so it's over. I don't. It doesn't matter what the other score is, but in all seriousness, it's a 13-point game with a minute left. So unless we get Ooh. a miracle or a lot of slippery fuckery, UConn's going to lose their second straight Big East game, and Providence will also will go to five and zero. Hopefully, what Xavier's record is in a few days. And if anything, that really opens up the race in the Big mm-hmm. East. Oh yeah, because exactly. and also like you know we can talk about Sean Miller until we're blue in the face and how good of a basketball coach he is. But, like, Ed Cooley, dude. Like, uh, they they lost their entire starting five from last year. And uh, and it looks like they're going to be in the conversation now, too, as a team that, that you're going to have to deal with if you want to win the Big East Conference. So, this is going to be, I think, a more – like, when UConn started 11-0 and or whatever, and they were just kind of running through teams – I think a lot of people just crown them prematurely as like, oh, yep. they're going to win the Big East. And now with this, it seems like we might be in for a really exciting college basketball Big East season, which really gets my juices flowing, man. I'm excited. Your orange juice is flowing. <laughs> my orange juice is flowing. All I'm going to say is it's going to be a fun night if you uh, love some crying to be in a UConn space. Yeah, I can't I wait. Fully, to I fully intend on uh, being a fly on the wall in some UConn spaces tonight. <laughs> I bet <laughs> you do. Going to be some good eats tonight. Good eats. You know, they're going to be super upset. Um, they're going to be even more upset when they find out that everyone everyone that Providence played in tonight tonight's game is battling the flu. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they, Adam? No, and then, the, don't they know the flu can spread? It's hilarious. And what makes yeah, no sense to me hilarious. is, why is my team not getting calls when we've shot 34 threes and the other team has shot 12? I just don't understand why we're not getting calls. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you no. would think the team that shoots the most threes is going to generate the most fouls. <laughs> and it's wild because they actually did get two. simple basketball. <laughs> yeah, uncle did get two on threes. Yeah, uh, you're welcome, yeah. UConn. Yeah, that's hey, that's the goal. Let's shoot some threes so we can get some fouls called. Hey, three no, free I throws have... is more is more than two free throws. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, all, all I could think about on Saturday, you know, seeing UConn's tweet, like UConn fans tweeting about how upset they were that that Nunji um, was playing with uh, with something that he didn't actually have was. Could you imagine what Twitter would have been like if if it was around when Michael Jordan had his flu game and like <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well they still talk about how it's like one of those people one of the most ballsy performances in, like they've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like Twitter would have been losing its mind if this man went on the floor to play ba- a basketball with who, you know? It would have been awesome. Really. Actually, on on the uh, whatever that doc was called, the ten game, I can't the last dance. He last said dance, yeah, poisoning too. He said he ordered a pizza, and like six dudes came to show up, and it was food poisoning from pizza. So, um, so they're starting to call it the Jack Nungie game from Michael Jordan. Good, Jack deserves it. Yeah, no question. Michael <laughs> Michael Jordan, a poor man's Jack Nungie confirmed. <laughs> 
People are saying that. And also, I just want to say this real quick. So I think we were talking about it. It was either you or Paul or you and Paul. And by the way, if you haven't listened to the Rebound Rundown with Adam and Paul, it's absolutely fantastic. And Paul's crushing it. Can we just say? Paul's crushing it. You would think yeah, they're a sponsor you? with how much you brought <laughs> it up today. <laughs> well, I've listened to it. like I've listened to every single rundown, some of them twice. Free ads. And, and, and Adam's great uh, on the radio, uh, too. Adam's great on the radio. I've got this velvety voice, you know? People love it. They keep asking me to talk about stuff, and I keep saying yes. It's got to be the Clementines. Keeps the whistle wet. So we started this four-game stretch where we had, obviously, UConn at home, go at Nova, Creighton at home, and then Marquette. Uh, this is a hell of a start. Yeah. Um, and if if somehow they can keep this rolling – and you go through this stretch, um, you've got so much momentum, like way more momentum than I thought this team would ever have and like sitting here in January. Um, and it's going to be difficult. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Like Villanova is playing better. Um, I know they struggled with Georgetown tonight for a little while. I think they pulled away in the second half. Creighton looks like a different team with Kalkbrenner back being healthy. Yes, sir. And Mar- Marquette looks like they can do it at both ends of the floor. So, I mean, they're, it, it really looks like right now you've got you've got Xavier, you've got Providence, you've got UConn, you've got Creighton, and you've got Marquette. Yep. I, I think that the Big East champion is one of those five teams, really. Mm-hmm. And and this this is going to be a key stretch for Xavier to say. Like, hey, Xavier can can make a statement and say, hey, it's going to be us. Um, I know there's going to be a lot more work to do after that, but, like, if they keep this winning streak going and they get through UConn, at Nova, Creighton, and Marquette, it went, went unblemished, like, we got to start talking about Xavier being the best team in the Big East. I'm sorry, but that would be hard to overlook in my opinion. I've already started talking about it. I've placed my uh, fan duel. <laughs> Bet on Xavier to win the regular season title already, and I'm really pretty confident about it. Yeah. What'd you What'd you get it at, Coop? This great uh, question. Look, all I'm saying is sports gambling's been legal for four days, and I'm like five hundred and fifty dollars richer. So um, I'm on pace to make like a hundred and twelve grand this year on uh, gambling sports betting. Like, I did quit my job earlier today, and that's why. Um, <laughs> yeah, but let me see. Um, he didn't even look at the odds. At, he just took Xavier's. Like, whatever odds they are, they're good. I didn't look at the odds. No, I look yeah. at – I'm a big payout guy. I, yeah. I bet $50 to win 235 so uh, plus 470 Plus 470 okay. I would like to see what they have as the current breakdown of what they would what they would take. I'm sure it's changing a lot now after this Providence-UConn game. Yeah, that's going to affect it. That's the thing is now, like, you know, I wonder, like, it would be smart to to just play some – like, if you knew Providence was going to win and you like Providence, you could put a little future on the on the Friars knowing that they're about to beat UConn before the, right. the odds. True, you know? true. Because that's what I would do. I, here, even after this loss, I would still pick UConn. And I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is their, both their losses are going to be on the road. So 
it's going to be hard to go into UConn and win any games this year, I feel like. But at the same time, I think it's going to be hard to go into Xavier and win a lot of games. It's going to be hard to go to Providence and win. It's going to be hard to go to Marquette and Creighton to win. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. the teams that we just mentioned that have a chance to, to really win the Big East this year, those are the toughest, arguably the toughest environments to go into and play. I know Villanova is so tough at home, but they look like, you know, Justin Moore gave an interview today. I think he's he practiced fully for the first time. And uh, I don't I might butcher this, but he said something to the effect of like, I don't know if I'm going to come back. Wow. That'd be like, huge. And, and here's the thing. It's like he ruptured his Achilles in what? I think it was the Elite Eight, right? Mm-hmm. Last year. Mm-hmm. That's no joke. So he's, he's eight, nine months removed from rupturing his Achilles. Like, is he even going to be the Justin Moore that he was prior to that injury? Like, that's a huge question mark as well. Obviously, he's talented, but – and then I think you – or Villanova lost another player tonight who had to be carried off the floor. I think it was Jordan Longino, if that's how you say it. Yeah. So, they're a little banged up right now. So Providence officially wins, goes to five and zero. Oh. The first tweet I see is Jeff Goodman. Providence players are lucky to have Ed Cooley. Still lucky. <laughs> wow, they cannot <laughs> escape it. They can't. No matter what you do, you're lucky. Oh, I love it here. I love this fucking conference, man. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful place. It really is. It really it is. is, fellas. I think I'm questioned out uh, unless we're heading to, to Stone just to shoot the shit. See, when in reality, huh. um, Providence is a 158 in luck this year. This has got to be the unluckiest year they've ever had. I, they don't know how to deal with it. What about all time? There's still time. Yeah. I want to see the all-time luck rankings. <laughs> all-time luckiest team. Got to be <laughs> All-time sweatiest floor, Providence, no question. Did you see uh, one of their reporters today tweeted something about that after this year, that building is going to get, like, renovated and a new roof's going to get thrown on it or something? <laughs> why? Why Why? Why fix what isn't broken? It's working for them. That's a great, that's a great point, yeah. I mean, they, they, they have a home court advantage because of that. Yeah, cool yeah, is <laughs> Don't touch they my roof. Have home court advantage. <laughs> God, I love this. Can I just say, when it was a seven-point Xavier lead, with what was it, four or five, six, seven minutes, whatever, that danger zone. Remember what we were up against Gonzaga, up against Indiana, that kind of that same time frame. All I was thinking about is if we lose all the tweets that I'm going to have to deal with tonight. And I think uh, that's what makes me happier, the tweets I didn't have to deal with versus the tweets that I got to tweet, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. I definitely um, think I'm that way. Do you think that yeah. way too? Or am I the only one? No, like, no, even, no. even last year, like it got to the point where I was like rooting for Xavier to win just so my life isn't made miserable on the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> winning is sweet, but losing those fucking sucks. And maybe I get more joy from not having to feel that losing feeling than getting to feel the winning feeling, if that makes any sense at all. No, you know what I've gotten way better at? And I think, like, a big part of it was the last four years just 
not like purely not being able to do it anymore is just like not getting on there after a loss. Yeah. Like there yeah. was there were some games late in the year last year where it was like I'd tweet out the final score and I would not get on Twitter again to even share my story or to look at anything for like at least 12 hours. And I was like, yeah, I mean, and that's why I don't know. I mean, Twitter, like social media in general, like it does connect people, which I think is super beneficial. And like, I, you know, I wouldn't have met you guys without Twitter and things like that. Sorry. But it's also like, (laughs) no apologies. Biggest L I've ever heard for Twitter. Also, like, uh, I can't let complete strangers ruin my day, you know? Like, I will not allow that to happen anymore. Right. I'm stronger than I was. We, we became hey. better men. Forged That's by right. the fire, baby. That's right. Yeah. It's like, dude, I had this clown last night. I was on a space, and we're not – now we're, we're completely at this point. We're essentially at a, at a mobile bar right now, essentially. this I think we're kind of done with the podcast mode, but – and this guy, you know, this clown, and I love him. He's funny, but you know what I'm saying? He starts dropping slurs and then it gets wild. And I just, so I blocked him, you know, not blocked him on Twitter, but just muted him. And he's just blowing my DMs up. Like, just like, you're a clown. I'm like, bro, it's 1.30 in the morning. I'm tired. I don't want to play moderator on Spaces. It's like, sue me. Yeah, yeah, I'm a dick. Yeah, like, whatever. Like, bro, fuck you. It's just not worth it. Like, it's just really not worth it. It's never worth it. Yeah, like no. uh, I remember uh, after one, one game last year, we had a we had it was during the meltdown. So I, I think we went like six months without winning a game, and after one of the losses, I, I I just didn't get on Twitter. And people who just loved, like they they thrived on talking shit to me about Travis Steele after after a loss. And like they entered my DMs, they were tweeting at me like, "How oh, where are you at, Andy Pick? You fr- you you're running away from us?" Like, no, I'm legitimately just drinking at a bar with my friends, not worrying about what the internet says right now. It's for better for my mental health to not talk to you guys right now. <laughs> for sure. And at some point, for you strength, get yeah, strength and ignoring. And, and there are times you can deal with it. Andy. Life is enough as it is. It's like, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But more things than not, it's normally fun. But yeah, you. But those moments, it can get pretty ugly. It becomes an echo chamber and just gets kind of nasty. Adam, do you have any more final thoughts? Any any other things that are sticking out to you, maybe from practice or just in general, an overall vibe before we uh, either let you go or before we just shoot the shit offline? Looking for final thoughts? Yeah, any final thoughts? Anything sticking out? Sorry if I cut out there. Um, anything final, maybe anything in practice, a vibe, whatever, anything on your mind. If, if it's nothing, that's all good too. Um, you know, I think, I think they're having fun, like as simple as it is, you know, and the way last year got away from them. Like, I can't really remember the last time that I saw Zay, like, I'm sure during the NIT run, like I saw them having fun. Like that's probably an oversight on my part, but, um, the vibe, like the vibe within the team, is is really good. Like they're they're genuinely enjoying this right now, which I think is super important um, for for what's to come because it's only going to get more difficult. And I'm just looking forward to uh, to Philadelphia. It's a fun trip. I'm hoping that that Xavier can do something that they've never done this weekend. Cool. 
which is win a basketball game at Villanova. <laughs> you talk about dichotomy. This, this fan yeah. base is going to be dangerously happy if we win that game. You're going to be so pissed off at how happy we are you don't want to go into Twitter. Yeah, I saw He's a really good <laughs> he's a really he's a really good follow on Twitter. It's uh tire. He tweeted something out tonight that was fascinating. Um it was the point differential in big games for Xavier at the Novas and like all of Xavier's other biggest losses are like minus fifteen or something like you you'll have to go to his Twitter and look at it, but it was just just extraordinary. It put in it put into perspective how terrible this trip has been for Xavier over the years, and yeah. you know I'm sure that that Sean's going to be talking to them about that leading up to this game. And uh, what account was that? So it's, that's all I got. I have it right right here, Andy. It's retire fifty two. Um, <laughs> retire and retire. 52. Man, hat, hats off to him for getting these stats, but. Xavier's total point differential yeah. at Nova in eight games is minus 145. God. And the next closest, let me see. No, it doesn't have the next closest. Um, it has how many they've lost by each year. It, but, yeah, 145 over eight games. Do you guys remember the year we got the one seed? Best Davis team I've ever seen in my entire life. We go to Nova, and we're rolling. I'm like, hey, we have a shot today, and within like five minutes, the game like it was completely over. And I think it we was lost like five twenty-eight minutes. to five at one point. Yeah, I remember going yeah. to a sports bar. It was a special occasion. Like today's our day, and you're just sitting there deflated for two hours. Horrible. I mean, oh, it's been brutal to us. I, this is as good a shot as they've ever had to win at Nova. No question. No, yeah, question. you're gonna get them. Go get them. You, in 10 you, years you, in the Big East. You'll be watching, it. Cap? You're, you'll be working? What? <laughs> working. I'll be at work, but I will be tuned into the game. <laughs> tuned in. <laughs> All right. We, working, we though. They need, work. you. Yeah. they need you tuned in. Yeah, I will more than be tuned in. That's the only good thing about Saturday. Confirmed. What I do, I you know, I work in social media. There, we don't, have, we don't got a whole lot to do on Saturdays, so uh, it works out in that capacity. But um, hopefully soon I'll either be at Stones yeah. or Dana's or Tintas, uh for every single game. But, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Have... Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Um, my parting thought is I, I sincerely hope that whichever company pays you to do their social media has some great insurance, some great lawyers. <laughs> Uh, no, he, you know what's even worse? He moderates it. Yeah, what's funny is I'm quality control, Adam. So I'm just, I'm just letting anything fly. Well, you're comfortable <laughs> some great hands, man. Great hands. I can compartmentalize up top a little bit. Uh, I know you can. Thing, I'm just if I might have like if I would tweet it, I say, hey, that can't I can't fly. <laughs> yeah, you. If it's you something know, I would say. It probably shouldn't be on the internet. You know what you're doing. You're you're a good person at the helm. You know? Yeah, just yeah, you know, it might be yeah, just say some crazy stuff. I just try to make it fun. I'm just trying to make it fun. How many times do you have to have that you have the conversation like, you know, it's funny, but it's fucked up. <laughs> do you know <laughs> Dwight Schrute? He's like <laughs> Michael's like, What's the advice best advice I ever gave you? He's like, Don't be an idiot. He's like, What I think <laughs> when an idiot do this, and if the answer is yes, I don't do it. 
So me, it's like, would I do this? Would an idiot do it? Yes. Hey, then don't do it. Bad idea. That's, I take all I my do. life advice from the office. Same. That's hey, it got us to this point. I, I ain't changing. Yeah. <laughs> got us here. Man, Adam, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, no, we're we're due for uh, a get together here at some point. So when your work schedule gets a little more manageable, you let me know, and I'll put my I'll put my drinking <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> I will put out the bat signal from Regent Avenue, and we will have a grand old time. Can't wait.